of the FBI, I'd like to report that you conducted an improper trade this afternoon involving a third-string quarterback who you have no proof about being classified as a tight end for a wide receiver, two with the Tennessee Titans. The owner of this trade would like to have his wide receiver back. Please send receiver back and a lump sum of $50 FAAB immediately. Thank you. This is the FBI. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D Slagkey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035 Prince Palmer 17 Lefty 79 and Bucks in 6 Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are doing our next team profile and this week it is WGL 1035 aka Will so Will is joining me, and we're flipping the roles as he hosted last week for me, and I'm the hosting this week for him. And Will, are you ready to talk about your team? Uh, it's, it's time. I I guess we'll see how this goes. So yeah, let's do this. You had some pretty bright spots as we're going to talk about, and then some uh, big pain moments. That's for sure. Your startup draft was actually very interesting if we just dig right into it here. Um, if you look at who is all drafted from you in the startup, I think you only have, like, is it TJ Hawkinson and Nick Bosa left on your roster? Yeah, a lot of those names, <laughs> yeah, a lot of those names are gone. Um, <laughs> those are the only two that I see from your sheet right now. Otherwise, I've either cut them or I've traded them away. Mm-hmm. So let's start right at the top with your first overall selection. It was the 12th overall pick. It was Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas fell all the way, and we're going to talk about how successful he was in year one, and then the downfall after that. But 112 was Michael Thomas with the Saints. Um, Did you have anybody else you were kind of considering at that point, or do you – did you know for a fact Michael Thomas was your guy at that moment? Honestly, when the draft order came out and I saw I was picking 12th overall, I was kind of, I don't know, a little disappointed, I guess. I'm um, just trying to remember who was all around the spots. But I knew that uh, my my pick of running backs was going to be pretty, pretty slim um, at the 12th position, so I figured I would – go ahead and look at who would be a good receiver. I looked at the situation in New Orleans and uh, Michael Thomas, say three years ago, looked like he has coming up a great year. His quarterback was Drew Brees. Um, so going ahead, I figured he would be a good um, player to add just from a PPR standpoint. Um, heck, if you look at a lot of his targets from 2018, it was like he was averaging over um, over 10 targets a game, which is pretty good in that Saints offense. I knew the Saints would have the ball a lot, and there would be a lot of opportunity for him. So I was pretty happy with taking him uh, with my first pick. And you can see I just pulled up on the screen here um, the startup draft, just so you can kind of see. Obviously, you had back-to-back picks, but who did go afterwards? including your very next pick, which was the 201, you selected Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster had a very good uh, rookie and sophomore year, I want to say, with Pittsburgh, at least his rookie year. Uh, He had a lot of excitement coming around, and um, after that, it was Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans. So was there something that really made you pick Juju? Well, a lot of my concern... um, 
with the second round again was running backs that were available. Um, yeah, you David Johnson. Line, yikes! If you look down the line, there was Delvin Cook, who had a little bit of an injury history in 2018. Um, I don't think he even finished the year. And then David Johnson, who you know, three, four, you know, years removed, was maybe a possibility there. Uh, Aaron Jones as well, but he was also coming off an off year. I just figured I'd take my chances and just double up again on Juju, who, much like Thomas, was young, um, had a pretty good target share, even though Big Ben was his, wide, uh, was his quarterback. So um, I really liked having him right there at 201. I just knew that moving forward I was going to have to start looking at who was maybe going to be available in the third round for uh, a running back. And you really hit gold in the third round the last pick of the third round, to be exact. At the 312, you drafted Derrick Henry, and this was right in the middle of his prime years. You know, if we look back at this previous year before he got injured, he was still primetime Derrick Henry, but you got him at a really, really good point. Um, and you got him the pick after Sony Michelle, who D. Sladke took. So Derrick Henry was your first running back off the board. And again, I have to say I'm pretty lucky with going with him. I mean, if you look at the start of his career, there's really not a whole lot to really write home about. Um, he, you know, was a good back coming out of Alabama, that size. Um, I, I really had no idea who was going to come off and, and be this kind of a productive runner. I was trying to remember who the running backs were back then in Tennessee, but I think he completely took control of that running back room in that year alone. So I was happy to get at least one good year out of him. And yeah, to this, to this day, he's, he's been the best running back in the NFL. Um, arguably if, if you want to put him in that category with um, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, Saquon had a good year too, but you no, know, he's, he's been that running back that can definitely get you a title. And then the very next pick at the four Oh one, you went with your franchise quarterback at the time, which was Aaron Rodgers. To get yourself that Packers quarterback. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think I could have done a lot better with that pick. If you go and pull up that draft board again, there you go. Um, looking at the next quarterback that was taken was Deshaun Watson, which, you know, quarterbacks are starting to fall. I was disappointed I did not get a chance to draft Baker because and this is before I fully understood the whole concept of dynasty. I kind of was like, well, Baker's young. He had a really great campaign. Um, he was the guy I really wanted. But then moving forward, I looked at Rodgers and I was like, eh, I already cheer for him on Sundays. Might as well have him be my quarterback. Hmm. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers, you know, pre, you know, Matt, Muff Matt LaFleur coming in was an average quarterback at best. Um, and that, that was, you know, 2018 was when they fired McCarthy. I had Joel Philbin kind of in there uh, running the show until the end of the year. But then Matt LaFleur came in and completely rejuvenated that offense. And he's had, again, really good campaigns. And I'll talk more about that trade later. But, yeah, I probably could have had a better selection there at quarterback. Yeah, and if you look at the other quarterbacks that were drafted next, it was Deshaun Watson. He was up, he's was up. he been out of the league for, what, two years now. Andrew Luck, retired. So, you know, it was probably better you took Rodgers versus Luck. And then additionally, after that was Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. So in terms of order, you definitely took the, the best one of that bunch at, and what was available. And to be fair, I don't think a lot of us saw Andrew Luck retiring. But no. Yeah, just looking back, I was probably, you know, not, not a bad choice, but I could definitely could have done better. All right, and then your second running back you drafted was at the 512 when you drafted the Bears, Tariq Cohen. What do you think about that one? So I had always been a fan of Tariq Cohen. He's been, you know, to this day, he's been in the league for five years, but um, this was like his sophomore campaign. The Bears were a run-heavy offense at the time. Um, he's small, but he was getting a lot of the work. So I figured he would have been a good back to kind of compliment Henry there. Um, but, you know, into this day, he's he's been injured a lot. Um, I'm kind of lucky I was able to flip him for – um, Eckler, which we'll talk about later, but um, I was I was able to at least use him for half a year. And then the very next pick at the 601, you drafted the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins, who always has a great start to the season, and then after that kind of fizzles out. 
Um, but Sammy Watkins, did you have any thoughts on that? I, th- I think he was with the who at the time, Ravens. Uh, in 2018, he was with Kansas City. Ooh. So that would have been the first year that Patrick Mahomes was leading that offense. Um, year prior, he was with the Rams. Uh, but yeah, he again really went off beginning of the year. Was a great, you know, flex piece to start. Um, but really, to this day, is kind of fizzled out and is, you know, he's getting older in age and is just kind of become an afterthought now. But um, I like the upside that he had. Um, really wasn't expecting Mahomes to go off and, and do the things that he did, but um, figured he was an okay flex piece. I'm just trying to remember who was all around um, that draft spot. So, Sammy Watt. So next pick would have been Wentz. Um, I mean, Tyler Lockett was available down there too, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's just just one of those things. I to tell you the truth, when this was a long draft, um, I was literally outside farming when it was my turn, and I really didn't have like all my statistics up near me. So I just took the flashiest name and I kind of looked at who was playing for who and when, and that's basically how I made my picks. Mm-hmm. The very next round, at the seven twelve, you took your first IDP, and it was Luke Keekley. Does it pain you for me to bring that name up? I mean, I don't think a lot of us saw that he was going to retire this early, but um, I mean, he he had a great he had a great career. Um, now he's basically a pro scout in the whole in the Panthers organization. Um, I started seeing other teams taking their IDPs, so. Leonard was Leonard flew off the board. I think he went to Randy and then Khalil Mack went to Taco. So I was kind of like, well, oh crap, I should probably start drafting my IDP too because Aaron Donald was gone. So I was trying to think of who would have been a good piece. So then I decided just to go ahead and take Luke Keekley, um, racked up all the tackles in Carolina, and I figured he would have been a good scorer for, uh, for IDP. And the very next pick, then you took your third running back, Jordan Howard. I think he was with the Eagles at this time. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to flash back. Actually, no, he was – so he finished his year with Chicago and then got traded to Philly. Mm. Um, nothing special about Jordan Howard. Uh, he's a hard hard worker. He was a good complement with Cohen before he got traded. Um, since then, really hasn't done much of anything. I'm just trying to remember. So I drafted him in the eighth round, and I dropped him the following year. But um, I've always liked him. Um, just not sure what happened after – um, that 2018 year, it looked like he got injured maybe. And, um, just from there, just kind of fell off the face of the earth. The very next pick, it was in the exact same round. You took your second IDP. Uh, it was a linebacker, your second one. Keekley was a linebacker, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. you got two linebackers in the 808. You took Leighton Vanderash, who was with Dallas. Yeah, yeah, and this is, I think I made a trade with you just to get him because I was like, oh, he's available. I don't yeah, know if he's right going to be available. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I didn't think he was going to be available next round. So I made the move to trade, and I think I sent away my ninth round pick just to get him. But he was coming off his rookie year. I, you know, remember, I remember him being drafted in the first round um, four years ago out of Boise State. Um, had a great rookie campaign. Uh, back, I'm trying to remember who the defensive coordinator was, but used him quite well. But since then, has had neck injuries and just has kind of moved around, you know, with the linebacker position. Uh, he kind of switched positions with Jalen Smith, um, got hurt more. Um, then I just decided to drop him altogether. But yeah, I'm kind of laughing here because just going through my draft, I drafted a ton of IDPs. <laughs> Your next pick was not until the tenth round. At the ten oh one, then you took a tight end, Austin Hooper, who was with Atlanta at the time of the draft, and he had a pretty solid, I think, one or two seasons with you before you let him go. So I was going. So I ended up moving Hooper with Henry in a trade I made later on, but I uh, I hadn't had a I had not drafted a tight end to that point. Um, I knew Hooper had done great things, was young at the time with Matt Ryan. I liked his upside. Um, he was kind of my starting tight end in that first year, put up great numbers, got injured a little bit, but, um, 
he had a really good rapport with Matt Ryan and I, and that's what I liked about him. And so he definitely earned his paycheck when he got, uh, when he signed that free agent deal with Cleveland the, the, the following year. And then other picks of note in the 13th, you ended up walking away with, uh, uh, TJ Watt. And in the 18th round, you took the goat who is no longer at this moment in the league, Tom Brady to add to your quarterback room. And he was in line, believe it or not, to be the backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Any thoughts on those two picks? Yeah, so again, not fully understanding the whole concept of dynasty. I felt like a third linebacker on my team was going to get the job done. I like I, you know, I, I said earlier, I come kind of loaded up on all these IDPs. I have no idea why. Um, again, and then with quarterbacks, Tom Brady just dropped, and I figured, well, it's great value for an 18th round pick. Um, and then this was back when he was with the Patriots. He wasn't scoring a lot of points, so I wasn't really sure what was going to happen moving forward, but. He was a pretty good backup, I would say. Um, and then I was able to hold on to him until this year when I flipped him when I needed a running back badly. But kind of flipped him at the right time uh, just because, you know, at his age and at, you know, what he was doing, felt like this was the time to do it. And, you know, I got a, I got a good few years out of him. Mm-hmm. And then you had three rookie picks, starting first with the 103. You took TJ Hawkinson. Um, if you recall a couple weeks ago on Randy's team profile, he made mention that he was hoping to get Hawkinson uh, as his tight end, but wasn't able to get him at the two ten, You took Nick Bosa, another IDP, but he was a defensive line this time. And then your third rookie pick was the three Oh three where you drafted Alexander Madison thoughts on those general rookies. So I had the third overall pick in the rookie draft. I knew that, outside of um, Jacobs and Montgomery. It was kind of cloudy. I guess I could have taken Kyler Murray, but I was basically looking for the best player available. Um, you know, and at the time I kind of figured that in Detroit, there weren't a whole lot of options available. I did like TJ Hawkinson draft wise um, coming out of Iowa, same university that produced George Kittle. And so I kind of thought about, you know, the possibility of, what he was able to do. I think he was a good receiving tight end coming out of college. Um, so I, I was very happy. And I think I had disclosed to you like during the startup draft of this league that I was like, I'm, I'm all set on taking Hawkinson. Cause I, you know, I think you and I discussed that Jacobs was going to go first. Um, Montgomery was a good back out of Iowa state who went to the bears. And then just kind of after that, I was like, well, I'm kind of sold on Hawkinson just for where he was drafted and kind of the hype surrounding him um bosa so i i ended up waiting a little bit until it got to my turn um there was devin white available around there debo was taken before bosa there as well um but i kind of felt like being drafted second overall um by the niners in that year that there was a lot of hype around his name he put up great numbers at ohio state and i felt like you know even in a rookie draft like this just too good to pass up and then, again, with Madison, knowing Cook's injury history at the time, I felt like he was a good handcuff to have. Um, living here in Minnesota, there was a lot of hype surrounding Madison coming out of the second round. Um, so I felt like he was a good running back to take there. Um, kind of looking at who was all available around there, too. I, I know Hunter Renfro was there. Um, Miles Gaskin was another name, but... I kind of felt safe with going with Madison there um, with my third round pick. So, And that was it for our, your, really your startup draft. Let's start digging into your first season in the league. And your first season was definitely your bright spot. Uh, you ended with a record of 8-5. and five. You finished as the number three seed. So you barely missed out on the first round bye. Some of your core players that year were Aaron Rodgers, who finishes the quarterback nine, Austin Eckler, who finished as the running back four, and this is just going off of who you ended the season with. Michael Thomas was the wide receiver one, Tyler Higby was the tight end eight, and then you also had Austin Hooper, tight end six. You had Derrick Henry, who was the running back five, so you had Eckler and Henry, four, five. And then you also had James White, to help you with your flex pieces and your buys at running back 18. Um, 
we'll kind of talk about this all together, but then going on to the playoffs, you ended up winning your first round matchup against Stirk Daddy by 12.06 points. Uh, Austin Eckler dropped 31, and then Michael Thomas dropped 30 that week. And then in the semifinals, you lost to Ryan by 41.46. So that one was not that close. But you still got 30 from Michael Thomas, randomly 20 from Chris Conley, and 23 from Tyler Higby. So you did lose out in the semifinals matchup, but you still got yourself a playoff win. And to be honest, you're 500 in the playoffs. What were your overall thoughts just looking back on that first season? So there are a lot of things I learned a lot from that first year. Um, I know it just kind of depends on any given Sunday, which players show up. Um, Biggest thing I think from that first year was just my biggest priority was trying to salvage my future without buying in too much. I know at the trade deadline, Randy was going left and right, making all these moves. Um, but I was making a lot of these little moves, just not like not taking huge chances on, um, you know, making big blockbuster trades. But at the time I was sitting pretty good, um, felt like I needed to make a move just to keep up with Randy. So I just kind of looked at some inside trades and just, you know, trying to upgrade in spots and not completely overhauling or just completely pushing all the ships to the middle just to try and get a championship. And 2019 was highlighted by the trade that you made with Justin. This trade included you walking away with Austin Eckler, who again finished as the running back four. And you gave away to Justin Tariq Cohen, a third round pick, which ended up being Isaiah Simmons, which is funny that you ended up having him. And then also a third that ended up being Dwayne Eskridge. So if we just look at the value, you got Austin Eckler for Tariq Cohen, Isaiah Simmons, and Dwayne Eskridge. I'd say that you completely destroyed Justin on that trade. Yeah, and I, I feel like I had to attach those third-round picks in order to get Eckler. Um, I know he's always been a charger. He really came off uh, or came on, I would say, towards the latter end of that year. Um so I, I did get a lot out of that. I think if you pull up Cohen's stats in 2019, uh, I mean, he still finished off a pretty decent year. I don't know if he was in a timeshare with Montgomery or what, but um, just needed more production on my running backs, and that's kind of why I decided to make the move. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I'd say that kind of helped um, lock in that playoff spot and um, get me into the playoffs a little bit further, so. So an overall very successful season for you. And then we transition into 2020. So let's first take a look at your rookie picks. And we'll get to the trades later. So, you know, don't feel obligated. to. I know you're super excited to talk about the trades. But uh, we're just going to talk about the actual picks that you made in that 2020 rookie draft. It started at the 108 was your first pick with Keyshawn Vaughn, Beast Mode who actually had some solid showings this year. And then the 109 was Denzel Mims, who, as many people know, you and I were drooling over consistently in that offseason. It wasn't just you. And then the 210, which was easily your best pick of that draft, you ended up walking away with Justin Herbert. And then at the 308, you walk away with your boy Tyler Johnson over everyone thoughts on those four picks so there's a lot of there's a story behind all four on your roster still right they are well yeah i i did cut mims for like a week um, (laughs) then i uh, picked him up again he's still on my roster but who knows for how long no there's a story behind vaughn and mims um i did have 102 which did belong to little slads and that's kind of in the trade and we'll talk about that earlier when i sent away henry um I know I could have had Taylor. The thought of having two first-round picks was kind of intriguing. I've learned my lesson from that, obviously. Um, and so I uh, I felt like Vaughn was a good piece to have in Tampa. And then literally that summer was when, like, all the fireworks began. Tom Brady starting to deal with Tampa Bay. 
And then just like that, all of these veterans wanted to go play with him. So then Vaughn just got pushed down further and further on the on the depth chart. Denzel Mims, I think you and I drooled over him just based off of his catches that he made along the sidelines when he was at Baylor. Um, had a great rookie year, and then I have no idea what the hell happened <laughs> this past year. Um, Herbert, so I know you were very pissed when the Chargers <laughs> took him after Tua. Um, and I kind of felt like, well, my quarterbacks are old. Um, you know, just, just before there, um, Dylan was drafted. I did like Brandon Ayuk, but Spaceballs took him the pick before. Uh, so then just looking at who was left, I really did not know a lot about Herbert. I knew that he was, you know, for being drafted that high, he was probably going to end up starting someday. So I got my value there. Um, I looked at the next pick and it was Antonio Gibson, which ironically is on my team. Um, but yeah, the Tyler Johnson pick was the pick I really wanted, no matter what. Um, you know, had a good, good, had a good rookie year in, in Tampa Bay, even though he was buried on the depth chart too. And then this year had to step up when Antonio Brown ran off the field with his shirt off um, and decided to get into the rap game and whatnot. But I think Tyler Johnson is going to have a a good career moving forward. He's probably going to end up being in Tampa Bay now um, who knows who's going to be throwing him passes, but I I'm glad I've kind of held on to him, to him until this point. So after that, we get into the 2020 season and this so far was your worst season. Uh, if I recall correctly, there was a ton of injuries on your team. Yeah, it was a combination of injuries and then, I was really excited just based off of all the trades I made and just, I, I think just looking at projections and everything else, I figured that going into the season, I had a lot of expectations. I was expecting to, you know, compete for a championship. Um, it didn't start off too great. Lost to Tyler. Um, I had a lot of really close losses. If you look at it, um, the injuries hurt. And then that's where I just decided like by week, six or week seven when I was kind of like two wins into the year that it was just time to sell and try to try to build for the future. Um, and there's just some trades in there that we'll talk about, but had a good strong showing towards the end of the year. I went on like a three game win streak. Yeah. It looks like um, I did get, I, I kept space balls out of the playoffs. I, I yep. beat space balls in that last matchup, which we're all looking at. And then ironically he ended up getting winning the lottery that year, but um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a frustrating year, um, and when you when you have a dynasty team like this, and you're year two, you have a lot of hope and expectations, and just to not capitalize on that was kind of defeating, I guess. But I learned my lesson, and uh, that's the funny thing about dynasty football is you just you never know what's going to happen on any given Sunday. So you finished the season at five and eight. You did mention you had that three game win streak. So were you were you two and eight then? At that point, yeah, I was. Oh my eight. god. So you finished ninth place and you missed the playoffs by a full game and then obviously maybe some tiebreakers. But you actually had some pretty good performances from players that were on your roster. This included Justin Herbert, who finished as the quarterback nine, and you had Tom Brady, who finished as the quarterback seven. You had David Montgomery finish as the running back four. You had DK Metcalf finish as the wide receiver seven. TJ Hawkinson as the tight end five, and then James Robinson finished as the running back seven. So a lot of top 10 performances on that roster, actually six of them to be exact, but unfortunately you were able, unable to make the playoffs. Yeah. And a, and a guy I like to talk about from this year, um, this is, is it being a learning year was James Robinson, um, basically undrafted rookie, um, got dropped by Cascade bear. And I think Jacksonville was kind of facing injury, um, at the start of the year. So, he literally got picked up by Jake and then he got picked up by Tyler. Tyler drops him. And then I picked him up for $4 off of waivers. Um, and I was really happy with what he did in his rookie season. Um, he had, a, he had some really great numbers, um, got injured. And then urban Meyer came to town and completely killed his stock. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a frustrating year, but there were some young names there that, you know, I, I needed a running back and he kind of, kind of help solve that problem somewhat so and now 2020 is really when the trades started to take place so we're just going to go in order here some of these happened before the draft 
Um, I think three of them actually have them before the draft. Four if you count the the double first round pick trade. But so the first trade was you ended up walking away with Kareem Hunt, DK Metcalf, and a pick which ended up being Jalen Rieger. So if we do, it was what? Oh, one oh two. Yeah, that was one oh two. Okay, so one oh two. Then it would be Jonathan Taylor. So it would be Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, and DK Metcalf is what you realistically walked away with, and you gave away Chris Conley, Austin Hooper, and Derrick Henry. When you look at that package, I think you definitely would win that one. Yeah, Kareem Hunt never even played a game for me. <laughs> I, I traded him away to uh, Tyler in a in a trade that I'm not very proud of, but we'll get to that one. The next trade was you walked away with Chris Godwin and you gave Stirk Daddy Juju Smith-Schuster and the 110, which ended up being Jerry Judy. So in total, the trade would have been Chris Godwin for Juju Smith-Schuster and Jerry Judy, two wide receivers for one. Obviously, Stirk yep. didn't have them, but just to kind of think about it. Yep, and Godwin's still on my team. Um, that year, he had uh, Jameis throwing to him. Um, he had a, you know, he, he just, he blew up. Um, in the first part of the season, kind of tailed off, was injured. Um, and then and then I kind of approached Sturk, and I kind of wanted to get out of the whole Juju situation. I was trying to move away from players that had a whole bunch of drama associated with them. And Godwin was a quiet but productive receiver, and that's what I liked about him. So I, that's why I moved, moved on from Juju, and I, I've kept Chris Godwin to this point. The next trade you made was with Randy, who came to you, and I know he was – blowing you up all the time trying to get Alexander Madison. And eventually you sent him away to Randy. Randy receives Alexander Madison, and you received Tevin Coleman and the third, which ended up being Tyler Johnson. Yep, I, I, I would say that coming off of that trade, um, I really wanted to pick more than anything else. Um, Coleman was just kind of an, uh, a throw-in piece. Um, I'm just trying to remember who he was with at the time. I san francisco so um you know going off of that year i think he helped lead the niners to the super bowl um it was still productive at the time so um i ended up i think i dropped him if i tell you to tell you the truth and actually no i traded him away um but um yeah i, I you know he really wanted him and finally I, I i let him win so i let him take on uh madison so and then in 2020 uh, or obviously we're in 2020, but uh, at, on draft day, you actually traded away then the 108 and the 109. It happened right away in the draft live. You traded away the 108 and the 109, which was Keyshawn Vaughn, Denzel Mims, for the 102 going to Justin, who was Jonathan Taylor. So Keyshawn Vaughn and Denzel Mims for Jonathan Taylor. This by far has probably been the trade that has hurt me the most. Um because no matter what to this day, um, Jonathan Taylor is is the kind of running back that will win you a championship. And Justin got his guy. Um, you know, I kind of had my thoughts about him. I kind of was hoping he was going to go to a better situation, but he's completely taken over the Colts running back room. Um, and then, as we have seen already, Mims probably is going to be fighting for a roster spot with the Jets next year. I don't even know if, if he knows the playbooks at all. Um but maybe Keyshawn Vaughn will be a bright spot come next year in Tampa Bay as they try to figure out their cap situation. The next trade was between you and I. I know we talked about this on my episode, and as the listeners have heard, the show is opening up with your voicemail that uh, the FBI, I guess we'll say, left on my phone about this trade. You walked away with Taysom Hill. I walked away with Corey Davis. So if I can make a comment right here, I think in this year, 2020 alone, when I have all these trades, like I literally just traded because I was bored and that's, <laughs> that's what got me in trouble. And I did not do my research on Hill. I know you had sold me on the idea that he was going to be, you know, have all this eligibility and he never did and he never will. Um, and I, I was pissed cause I was just like, well, come on, man. And you definitely took advantage of that and, Luckily, I was able to flip him for somebody else, but God, I was pissed. <laughs> the next Fuck trade, <laughs> the, 
the next trade I know you previously mentioned you you don't feel the best about, but you walked away with Le'Veon Bell and you sent to lefty Kareem Hunt and a second which ended up being Diami Brown. Yeah, so you know how I said that I wanted to just like move on from like these players that had a pass to them. Um, I was just looking at projections of what Bell was going to potentially do in 2019 when he was with the Jets. And I mean, yeah, he he had good good numbers, but like just it was very hit or miss after that. So um yeah, I that's that's a trade that I wish I would have had or kept in I wish I would have had Kareem Hunt still part of my team, um, but that that's just one that you know you don't win all those trades. So um, that that is one trade that Tyler did win with me. So and the next trade was a legendary one. It was between you and Spaceballs, where you walked away with Mitchell Trubisky, who was starting for the Bears at the time, and he walks away with duplicate player who is not actually a player. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, he was just, yeah, I saw him, he was just there, like, during one of the rookie drafts, and then he kind of fell into our player pool, um, I think he got added and dropped, added and dropped, um, he's not in the database anymore, but that brought on some good times in this league. And then you ended up trading Mitchell Trubisky again, as you sent him the way to lefty with Tevin Coleman, who you previously mentioned that you kind of just picked up as an add-on and you walked away with Kirk Cousins who was the starting quarterback for the Vikings yeah again one of those trades where when you're bored you just you, you just start making trades um he had a good year last year but two years ago nothing special to write home about I think I ended up flipping him um after that um which I did um back to Tyler so um yeah it's uh just one of those things you just sometimes you get bored and you just make trades the next trade was actually a pretty big one where you sent Austin Eckler over to Little Slads and you received David Montgomery and a second, which ended up being Elijah Moore. So actually this trade does look pretty solid. Yep, I uh, was going for youthfulness um, and Eckler had a little bit of an injury history. Um, was glad I was able to get Montgomery, had him for a little bit of this year too. Um, the prize in this piece was Elijah Moore. I had a bunch of those second round picks. I kind of owned half the second round last year in the rookie drafts, but um, yeah, I, I, I guess I got good value there. And then the trade I know that you've been anxious to talk about, you sent lefty Aaron Rodgers, and you walk away with <laughs> Dak Prescott in two f- seconds. Uh, the so, seconds ended up being Diami Brown and Michael Carter. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I I tell you what, I, I didn't think that he was going to go with this, but this was, I think, the middle of the year, and he and Tyler was having a pretty good year up to this point, literally sold the whole farm for Dak, and then literally that following week broke his leg. Um, I can never forget Tony Romo commenting after the play, oh, you got to just hope it's just a cramp, Jim, as he was talking to Jim Nance, and literally – he saw his knee snap backwards and I gagged a little bit, but no, I saw this as an opportunity to be like, Oh, I'm already struggling this year. I'll take him on. Aaron Rodgers is like in his upper thirties. This is probably the best opportunity. And I said, Tyler, if you want to win and go win the whole dang thing, I will take, I'll, I will send you Rodgers. I just want Dak. I will wait for next year until he's ready. And I just want two second round picks. And he bit it and he took, he took it. So I, uh, I remember we made that trade after the Monday night game, and I just remember the whole entire league just being like, what the fuck? And <laughs> I I mean, I don't have Yami Brown. I didn't draft him. I think I flipped him. It's like flip that pick to you, but um, Michael Carter is still on my team. Um, got good value there. Um, yeah, good times. <laughs> Okay, so then we move into your 2021 rookie draft where you had four picks. I know you said that you had a lot of second-round picks. Did you just end up trading a lot of them? Yeah, if we, I'm just going to pull my profile here. Um, I made a lot of moves um, to get all of these second-round picks, and then I just it got to a point where I'm just like, well, holy crap, I got too many of them. So I... 
think I made a trade with you. You got Diami Brown. Um, I got Lazard from you, which then I ended up flipping to Tyler. Um, I think I also had like the 212 that year too, um, 209, um, which I flipped for LaVisca Chenault. Um, the 212, I gave you Gaskin with that one as well. And then I got Naheem Hines. So I think I had like six picks altogether and then I ended up taking like three second round picks. So um, I am happy with, with who I did draft there. Um, my first round pick didn't even make an impact at all getting Liz Frank um, injuring himself, kind of a similar injury to what Marshall Falk had. Um, so he didn't play at all. Um, so I ended up flipping to you. The prize piece or the two that I really like out of this were getting both Jets, um, Michael Carter. Back to back, Elijah. too. Yeah, Elijah Moore. Um, I liked Carter's profile just from doing some scouting. I know you and I do a lot of scouting when it comes to these players coming in. Um, the running back room with the Jets was kind of murky, and I thought that he might have could have made an impact, which he has. Um there's a lot of upside and a lot of excitement about him moving forward. And then Elijah Moore, I know he's a guy that you've been excited about. Uh, he helped carry me a little bit um, last season, um, had a good rookie year. Kind of excited to see what he does here moving forward um, if he's still a part of my team. And then the other two picks, I know you mentioned the list, Frank, but for those that don't know, he was referencing Travis Etienne, who you took with the 104. And then the fourth pick of the draft that you took was at the 207. Justin Fields. That's crazy to me that if you look at that fact that you took Justin Fields 207 and then you got Justin Herbert 210 a year earlier. Wow. I think I need to follow up with my tradition of taking a quarterback in the second round. I know this year is not a good quarterback class, but might just have to do that just to kind of carry on with tradition. So in season three, we obviously expanded to the 14 games and you finished at seven and seven in seventh place and you missed the playoffs by 13.7 points. That was the the infamous Kendall Blanton game with the Rams. Uh, You missed the playoffs by 13.7 points. Your core players this year were Justin Herbert, who finished as the quarterback two. You had Dak, who finished quarterback eight. Deontay Johnson, who finished wide receiver eight, who you didn't have most of the year. You just got him in a trade. Uh, Anto- Antonio Gibson, running back 12. And then Chris Godwin is the wide receiver 16, even with suffering an injury. Oh, I was so fucking pissed. I, uh, I had no idea. And then COVID, it's been an interesting two years. Um, funny how COVID impacted that last week of the season. Um was scrambling, was literally working inside a squad car when I got the news. So I kind of looked at the Rams running or tight end room. Um, Blanton was the right choice, but my IDPs did not show up. Uh, Justin and um, these lads kind of snuck in the playoffs. And then it doesn't help either. You finish the year seven and seven. Um, one of the last teams to fail to make the playoffs. And my lottery odds sucked. Um, so I ended up getting the worst lottery pick too. Um, I'm kind of glad from this year, just looking back that um, the Seahawks were struggling. I decided to move on from DK Metcalf. I know I upset a lot of people by making that trade. Um, Randy, especially, because I know he really wanted them. Hmm. Um, but I was basically looking for good players moving forward and trying to maximize my return and just kind of based off of what, Jake kind of had available I was kind of looking to get a lot of those guys that you know you could slot in to start on a on a on a buy if you wanted to um and it wasn't really going to hurt your chances so we'll talk about that trade kind of a little bit here moving forward but I was kind of happy to uh get out of a lot of players that I had on my team and kind of look ahead towards next year and beyond so let's take a look at those 2021 trades <clears throat> only the ones of note, so that would be a total of nine. Starting it off, it was a trade between yourself and I, where I walk away with Michael Thomas, and you walked away with Adam Thielen, Corey Davis, and Ronald Jones. Three decent pieces to help you as you were kind of contending for the playoffs. And I think I was able to sell you on the fact that, you know, he was he was injured for most of the year, but 
he was going to come back better than ever. Um, I kind of, my girlfriend's from Detroit Lakes and knows the Thielen family quite well. So when I told her kind of in conversation that in this league, I acquired Thielen, she was very excited about it. So excited to the point where I, uh, I actually picked him up in a lot of my other leagues that I'm a part of. Uh, Corey Davis, I got back. Uh, I ended up flipping Ronald Jones in a, in a, in the next trade that we'll talk about, but I sold Michael Thomas at the right time. I think you can That's agree true. with me on that one. So, yeah. um, lessons learned on both sides here. If you looked at my roster going into the season was Mahomes, I think Connor, uh, Saquon, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Kelsey, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy. So it's like, wow, I feel like I was going to win it last year. And then I obviously, yikes, my team just kind of sucked. But I was just going based on name recognition almost. And the potential for my team was good. But, yeah, you definitely won the return on the trade. The next one. That's the risk risk that you make when you make a trade like that. Yep. Next trade was between you and Tyler. And you walked away with LaVisca Chenault. And Tyler walked away with Ronald Jones and a second-round pick, which ended up being Kenneth Gainwell. So Lefty basically got two running backs for LaVisca Chenault. And LaVisca Chenault was a wide receiver that I thought the Packers were going to take um, in 2020 in the year that they ended up drafting Love instead. I think Chenault got drafted in the second round by Jacksonville. Um, I kind of liked what he brought to that offense. I kind of felt like he was going to maybe be utilized like a Tyree Kill in a sense. Um, And that's kind of why I wanted to take a chance on him. He was young. Um, I know there was a lot of risk, especially with him going to the Jaguars, but um, felt like with my surplus of second round picks, I was able to kind of flip that to lefty and, uh, and, and take a chance on him. Luckily he's still young. I'm kind of curious to see what Doug Peterson is going to do in that offense. So Hopefully he's got a bigger role next year. The next trade you made was with myself again, where you walked away with Naheem Hines, and I walked away with Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin and a second-round pick, which ended up being Pat Fryermuth. So Gaskin was a guy I picked up off waivers um, for like 11 bucks. Kept him on my team most of the year in 2020. Uh, when I made that deal with you to get Hines, I basically did it with the idea that off of what Taylor did in his rookie year, um, kind of understanding the shelf life of running backs. Hines was young as well. He had been a part of my team before, and then I cut him. Um, but I kind of felt like with my surplus of seconds again, he was a good handcuff to have. Um, he's probably been one of my more frustrating players on my team because there'd be weeks where I started him this past year. Um, just because my running back room was so depleted and he would only get me like three points or he'd give me like two points. And then on weeks where I didn't start him, he'd go off for like 14 or 18 or 20. So just a frustrating player in general, but again, hopefully a guy I can keep on my team because I do think he does bring a lot of upside um, to that offense. I don't know how that offense will look moving forward, but he's a good handcuff to have behind Taylor. Another trade between us. Uh, so I walk away with the 204, which I ended up taking Diami Brown from. I think the alcohol was kicking in at that point because, wow, I guess I just wanted every single second-round pick. And I took Diami Brown, and then you walked away with Alan Lazard and a 207, which was Justin Fields. As of this moment, you definitely win the trade. Yep, and Lazard never started for me, but I had the Lizard King at one time. Now it's time for the Lazard King. And now... Now he's a guy I'm kind of talking to Candle still late about just because um, I know he had a good year. He was open on that one play against the Niners. Um, I do like what he brings. I'd be curious to see what he might go for. Um, So if you're listening to this, Candle, I'm still interested in Lazard. So let's make a deal. 2021 then, it was you and Lefty. Lefty walks away with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and you walked away with Carrion Johnson. Yikes. <laughs> that, 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 that's all I got to say about that deal. Um, Mark, what MVS is a great player. I, I like him, but from a fantasy and a dynasty standpoint, he is so frustrating because much like Naheem Hines, there'll be a week where he's like three catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns, and then he won't get a target at all. Um, he does have good rapport with Rogers. So 
Um, if Rodgers, you know, Packers are making all the right moves to try to keep Rodgers around. And if, if MVS is with the Packers next year, um, well, I guess we'll see. But I kind of – I needed a running back, and I kind of felt like Carrion maybe was going to have a chance. Um, but he really didn't do much of anything this past year. Um, he was just kind of floating around practice squads, and I just kind of felt like I had to cut him. So, Next deal was between you and Little Slads. Little Slads walks away with Tom Brady and James Washington, and you walk away with J.D. McKissick and the third. So – Basic motive behind this trade was needing a running back. Um, Robinson was kind of inconsistent. Um, and I just, I needed somebody desperately. And I felt like this was the time to move on from Brady um, at age 44. Um, thing I liked about JD McKissick was he didn't so much get the work, you know, handoffs. He mostly got the work as a PPR back. And you and I both love PPR backs where he was, you know, catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. It's unfortunate that he got hurt this year. Um, he is a free agent this off season. So if the, if the commanders, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Now the commanders want to make a deal with him kind of for next year. Um, hopefully they can get something done. Um, I feel like he's a great compliment now to Gibson, who's now on my team. We'll talk about that trade here. It looks like. Yeah, the next deal was between you and Cascade Bear, and this was a massive deal. There's a lot to unpack from this deal, but here we go. So you walked away with Deontay Johnson, Antonio Gibson, Jacoby Myers, and then three, well, two seconds and a first. So three picks and then three wide receivers. You get or uh, two wide receivers and a running back. You gave away Jamal Agnew, DK Metcalf, David Montgomery, and two fourth round picks. So there's a lot involved in this actual deal. Yep. So my, my basic motive behind this trade was I just felt like DK was not getting the job done for me. And if there was a team that could challenge Stirk Daddy, because Stirk Daddy finished this year undefeated, I felt like it was Jake. So in conversations with Jake, I said, you need to make this move if you want to win a championship. And I don't think I would have been able to sell him this trade unless I threw in those later picks. He wanted Agnew and Agnew was a guy I picked off of waivers for basically next to nothing. So I felt like I could part with him. And ultimately I think it ended up paying off because he ended up getting a good starting running back who came off an injury and helped lead the way DK kind of had a bounce back to the end of the year. Um, and then I was able to get um, Antonio Gibson, who I kind of fell in love with at the beginning of the year. And, you know, he's a, he's a young back still. Um, there's a lot of future in him as well, as long as he stays healthy too. But I, I do like the fact I also got some early picks because that, I mean, even though this is kind of a down year in terms of, you know, draft capital, which you can probably agree with with me, um, I, I felt like this was a move that I needed to make. And even though I didn't make the playoffs, I was kind of like hovering around, you know, mediocre to average. I do have some pieces I can maybe throw into a trade or some players I could draft and, you know, hope I hit the lottery on them. So the next deal was between you and I, again, this is a common theme. I walk away with Travis ETN and then you walked away with a first and a second round pick. This was right around the deadline. This was on deadline day. Um, I kind of figured that ETN with that foot injury, um, I wasn't sure how he was going to bounce back. I felt like, you know, this was a good return on my end. I got Justin's first and I got Danny's second. And I was starting to rack up the picks because there is a player that I was definitely interested in around the deadline. And I'm kind of a little upset. I wasn't able to get the job done, but um, I was racking up the picks. And again, I can use those picks here in this off season to try to make a deal. And then in 2021, the la I don't know why I keep saying that. Obviously, it's 2021. The last pick of, or the last trade of the deadline, it happened to what, like a minute before the deadline, was you walked away with Joey Bosa and a fourth, and Randy walked away with a second. So this was a pick I made, or a trade I made out of frustration after I wasn't able to get the player I wanted. And I kind of was like, screw it. I'll just join the Bosa brothers all together. I just need Jake Kumaro now and I'll have the whole family tree. Um, but yeah, this was the, this was the trade that Randy claims prevented him from making it to the championship round. 
Um, it was divine salvation, if you want to call it that. So um, I do like Bosa. I felt like with the pick I gave up and the pick I did acquire that um, it was worth a second in this case. Hopefully Bosa can stay healthy moving forward. And now I both have Nick and Joey. So, so the last section we're going to do here is just talking about your depth chart. So we're going to go position by position. I'm going to read off the names in order of what I kind of assumed to be the depth chart. Um, and then let's just, you know, you can talk about your, your current opinion on the state of the position. Um, and then for the picks, we'll group those all together and then we'll give any, some final thoughts on your squad and get on out of here. So let's start with your quarterback room and it begins with Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, and Justin Fields. Those are three starting quarterbacks. So you can never have enough quarterbacks, especially with injuries happening and the ever-changing landscape of the NFL. What do you think about your quarterbacks? Um, that's probably my most solid group, I would argue. Um, Herbert probably being the one superstar that I know you have a huge liking for, um, him being your guy. Um, Dak as well. Um, all guys that are under 30. So, um, you know, it, it, these are these are three guys I'm – definitely excited about if i wanted to i could definitely upgrade at other positions and just move one of these if i wanted to um but probably the one group of players that i feel is probably all solid and that i have that good firm foundation for moving forward is definitely my quarterbacks the running backs we have antonio gibson michael carter naheem hines james robinson Keyshawn vaughn jd mckissick Demetric felton Dontrell Hilliard and Craig Reynolds. What do you think about your running backs? I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Um, <laughs> outside, outside of like Gibson and Carter, um, really, what the hell are what the hell do I have? Um, I kind of talked about Hines and being kind of that handcuffed Taylor. I don't know James Robinson's role moving forward. I hope Keyshawn Vaughn has a role with the Bucks, and I hope JD McKissick is back. The last three guys, I picked Felton up for free, Hilliard for free, and Reynolds for free. Don't know what their roles are moving forward. I feel like when it comes to like the surplus of picks I have, I hope there's a running back that I can take a chance on. Or, if, again, if I, with my good, solid state of quarterbacks, maybe that I can kind of upgrade at that position too. But this is probably by far my weakest position of note on my team. At the wide receivers, then, we have Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen, Jacoby Myers, Corey Davis, LaVisca Chenault, Tyler Johnson, Devin DuVernay, and Denzel Mims. So some injury issues here with Godwin. We don't know if he'll be back at the start of the year. Um, I like Moore's rookie campaign here. Uh, I got Butterfingers Johnson on my team. So, um, you know, I – He's really hit or miss. I can't wait to see who the Steelers take for a quarterback because that's going to definitely influence what I do with him. Thielen's getting up there with in, with age, and he's got a little bit of an injury history. But you know, with my girlfriend being from Detroit Lakes, I just kind of feel like he's kind of a, a guy that I need to keep on my team just to keep her happy. I guess if you want to call me Whip, you can. But <laughs> um, I do like Thielen. Um, I think he'll be a Viking for life, and he'll do a lot of things moving forward. Um, and then these guys that I kind of acquired in trades, Jacoby Myers, um, if he got in the end zone a little bit more, he'd probably be more valuable. Davis has been up and down as far as like how healthy he's been. Um, I, I like Chenault um, just kind of as a, a future piece moving forward along with Johnson. Those are kind of like my two wild card pieces that I hope can kind of take the next step next year. Um, Devin Duvernay is just kind of a special teams player. I was kind of hoping that, that special teams points score was going to pass this year. And unfortunately it didn't. And then there's Denzel Mims, which I just have as a reminder for why the hell I made that trade with Justin. Um, maybe a change of scenery is going to help him out, but I doubt it just seems like he's a lost cause. And then at the tight end position, you have three interesting names. You got three T's TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Higby and Tyler Conklin. I am kind of happy I grabbed um, Tyler Higby and Tyler Conklin. Those guys are almost kind of pieces I picked up for free. Um, Hawkinson's been kind of my longest tenured tight end and player on my roster as well. 
as long as he stays healthy, he's kind of got a great, bright future. Uh, Tyler Higby got hurt in the playoffs, kind of was a good piece of that Rams um, offense. Kendall Blanton does not make the list. I had to cut him, unfortunately, just because <laughs> I was so pissed at the end of that um, playoff round. Conklin, I picked up for free last year, kind of behind Irv Smith Jr., and that was kind of a good pickup because I ended up starting Conklin on a lot of occasions this past year. Um, with Irv Smith coming back, I don't know what his role is going to be, but he kind of did the job um, this year, and it'll be kind of interesting to see if the Vikings decide to maybe go a different different route as far as tight end, if they look through the draft or if they look through free agency. That'll be one to watch, um, but – I do like my group here. I, I, I guess I could, uh, I guess I could maybe see what's out there in trades, but in an okay, I would say in an okay bunch right there. And then we'll group these next two positions together. Kicker, you currently have Harrison Bucker tied to an explosive offense and a great kicker at that. So that's nice. And then your IDPs, you got Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa at the defensive line. You have Antoine Winfield for defensive back. Isaiah Simmons, I think he's eligible for all three. And then Robert Quinn. Yep, so the guy I definitely like out of this bunch is Winfield Jr. Um, living here in Minnesota, there was a lot of hype around Winfield when he was here at college. Great defender. Um, great part of that Bucks defense. Plays safety. Um, I kind of remember the picture of him from the Super Bowl giving the peace sign to Tyreek. But, you know, you go over the last couple names, Isaiah Simmons – um, can be can be definitely rewarding at times and definitely frustrating at times. Um, probably the recent thought on my in my head is just kind of how he failed to show up in that last week of the year. Um, Robert Quinn had a great year. Um, kind of a guy I, I had I kind of had on my team. I've dropped him. I've added him again in spots. Thrived in that Bears defense, um, and I, I, I he's you know deserving of a spot there. Um, Maybe he can, he can see if he can maybe duplicate what he did this past year, but I'm not going to get my hopes up all that much, especially at his age, but um, definitely a guy that I, I like moving forward. So, I'm in the state of your picks. So this year you have three firsts, 6, 9, and 12. You have three seconds, 2, 7, and 12. A third, a fourth, a fifth, and two six. So for total, that is 11 picks, my gosh. You probably could help out your running back room, even though it might not be the top guy with one or multiple of these picks. So let me ask you this. Should I, with all my 11 picks, just take them all on running backs? Because I feel <laughs> like that's be my best chance moving forward in, in trying to upgrade at that position. Yeah, to try to hit one. So I do like my three first rounds um, picks there. I could definitely use those. Um, you know, with, with some rookies here, or I could definitely use them as trade baits. Um, I only got three seconds this year instead of six. So that's kind of a improvement if you want to call it that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think I could fill out a good taxi from this pick allotment. I don't foresee myself making 11 picks, hmm. but you know, if people are wanting to talk trades, I love talking trades. Um, that's, this is the time to do it. And, um, yeah, let's, let's see if we can get a deal done. And then for 2023 and 2024, you do have six picks, one in each round. So that's interesting to see, you know, maybe you trade some of these picks to to get more picks in 23 or 24. Or, you know, maybe you use them and you package it together and go end up going and getting another, another running back or whatever position you feel needed. Um, so what is your overall thought on your team and then, like, outlook for 2022's season after this rookie draft kind of shakes out i mean do you have any key free agents do you are you looking forward to, to keeping these picks what, what is your viewpoint right now so i think you know we went over my seasons kind of year by year um i haven't made the playoffs since the first year that we made this league and then if you look at the other seasons it's been five and eight or seven and seven just kind of looking at my depth chart right now, it's it's average at best. I don't feel like it's ultimately. I don't feel like it's a it's a roster that can obviously challenge somebody like Jake or uh, Garrett or uh, or I would say even your roster moving forward. Um, if I want to do that, I'm gonna have to make some sort of a move, um, and I'm going to have to definitely do my research. Um, 
here as well on some players um and just see if just see if i can maybe reward myself with one of these trades um like i said i got a lot of picks but i don't see myself making all those picks i i wouldn't be surprised if i kind of package those up with a player again just to kind of look at upgrades but um to tell you the truth i feel like i'm kind of hovering around the middle and Mm. that's that's really not a good place to be i would say um ultimately my goal is to win and i think that's everybody's goal in this league but um i'm gonna have to do something i'm gonna have to make a splash i'm gonna have to make some moves um to make some upgrades and just hope like hell i hit on a lot of these trades just Mm -hmm. because i would hate to you know be towards the end of the year again and maybe be like a a seven and seven team or an eight and six team and be struggling to make it into the playoffs. It'd be nice to see like some of these young guys go to the next level um, and do their, do their kind of thing. I just, it's, it's been a frustrating couple of years and I just want to see this team do well. I just want to do well in dynasty. This is the one league that I love being a part of. And it would just be nice to kind of capitalize on some of the moves I made. I look forward to seeing how you end up capitalizing on these assets that you do have you have a lot of good young promising players it's just about can they actually meet or exceed their potential so thanks for joining us on this episode of for the throne dynasty podcast this is will's team profile and next week we are going to be breaking down justin's team profile uh and that's really all i got thanks for listening everybody Make trades with me, please.